0: Alright folks, how are y'all doing? This is Steve Fletcher, your host of Low Country Local First's official podcast slash radio show. Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve. It's always a pleasure being here with you. I'm sorry that we've taken a few weeks off, but as you know, it's holiday time. Hope everybody enjoyed their break away from home, away from the stress and struggle and excitement of work for at least a few days. Um, I know I welcomed the break, but it's good to be back here in the Low Country, working at Low Country Local First. If you've never tuned in before, this podcast radio show is an opportunity to shine a light on some of the exciting work being done by some local business leaders here in the Low Country. Um, I know that I'm super fortunate to be able to chat with folks like my guest here today, Chris Clark of Digital Ignite. If you haven't heard about Digital Ignite or Chris Clark before, you're in for a real treat. I'm really excited to. Uh, To dig in a little bit into his personal and professional journey the story of digital and night itself itself and and some of the things they do is is phenomenal i I know you're going to be wowed they are award-winning they are rapidly expanding and growing um they're really in many ways at the the cutting edge of, of how you take data and let it inform your business decisions particularly in the world of marketing and advertising and media so uh, as someone who's worked you know, peripherally in marketing in the past at a little local firm here called Masix Social, and someone who now works at a local economic development nonprofit, uh, particularly excited and fortunate to be sitting here with Chris Clark, founder and partner at Low Country Headquarter Digital Ignite. Chris, I'd like to start all these off with a very wide open, sort of uh, sort of ridiculous, but sometimes very telling uh, question. So feel free to take this wherever you'd like, but limit it to just a couple sentences. Who, in your words, is Chris Clark? Oh, man.
1: Wow. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Steve. This is exciting. And, um, you know, once you had mentioned uh, you had a podcast and a radio show, I was like, let's go, man. I would love to share a little bit more about Digital Ignite myself. Well, thanks, man. Uh, if you could explain myself in a couple sentences, it would be very much so outgoing, energetic, and full of energy. Uh, nice. I, I think that's like the way to, 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 you know, nail it down, man. I am, uh, yeah, energy
0: emanates from you. I will yeah, say that I'm for, passionate for those of just listening like and not seeing, uh, Chris is a, he is full of charisma and, uh, yeah, that passion comes through.
1: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm shaking my leg right here. Naturally ADHD, <laughs> but, uh, ADHD is my superpower for sure, man. So
0: yeah, restless leg syndrome can be converted into, uh, into revenue, I'm sure. I don't know the exact formula, but That's I'm very sure true. it's out there. Yeah, absolutely. So energetic, enthusiastic, uh, you know, passionate about the sort of work that you and Digital Ignite do. What is that work? And eventually, we'll right. we'll, we'll we'll jump back and we'll we'll kind of look at how you got here and how the business got here and sure. where you're forecasting um, for the next five, ten years. We'd love to know all that great stuff, but. First, for those folks out there who are like, who is this guy, Chris Clark, they're driving around, they're eating their sandwich, they want to learn about Digital Ignite, they have no idea, this is like, the baseline is at zero, who are y'all, why do you exist, what do you do that other folks don't do?
1: I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Digital Ignite is a, let's point blank, say a modern marketing agency powered by data. And the, the, the reason I say that is, think of how advertising has been around for the last, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you've got your newspaper, you've got your traditional radio, you've got your traditional TV. Well, over the last decade, uh, the way that you consume media has drastically shifted. Mm. And for us, um, we've been around for about Four years now 2018 digital ignite was founded prior to that. Uh, I was with a company called new point digital with uh, my business partner, Mike Samet We were owned by a large radio conglomeration here in Charleston it was mm-hmm. apex media at the time um, okay. apex uh, eventually sold the owner sold and he uh, brought us with him, but he wanted to get out of the advertising space and so Myself and Mike Sammet, with a third partner, Ed Seeger, were able to purchase NewPoint and turn it into Digital Ignite in 2018. Okay. Now, the reason I say modern marketing powered by data, again, going back to the way that your newspaper, radio, and TV stations were selling advertising or your billboards, um, we do everything digitally powered by data, meaning we are going to take a look at customers' sales. We're going to look at the website data. We're going to look at everything that they have. And from there, we're going to put together a media strategy. Now, what makes us different than a lot of individuals is when me and my business partner, Mike sat down six, seven years ago to start this venture. We saw how every other entity out there was selling digital media at the time. And sure. the way that it was being sold was there was a radio rep or a TV rep or a newspaper rep that would go and sell what they were looking to sell for their own, you know, entity and then say, Oh, by the way, we have a digital, you know, entity here. Let's, well, let's this try like to an afterthought like attacked
0: on afterwards. Yes. Yeah.
1: And so what they would do is they would film uh, or f- they, they would put together an insertion order, uh, from, mm-hmm. from that sales rep and the client and then they would outsource that digital media to somebody in a larger city. So Mike and I saw what they were doing at the time and we were like we're gonna bring everything in-house So our goal was to build the engine first with the tech so mm-hmm. Marketing technology is is moving like the speed of the light, you know digital marketing is in the wild wild west of advertising uh, Your social media channels, you know, they're walled gardens Mark Zuckerberg controls everything at Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the other entities are are walled gardens as well mm-hmm. uh, So for us to be able to come in and put together a comprehensive strategy based on data and do everything in our agency without having to outsource it right there separates us from oh, a wow. lot of other entities out there so we built the engine first with the tech so we do advertising called programmatic advertising now okay. a lot of the listeners most of them probably have no idea what this means and that's fine it was a, a made so up word, a form yeah made up word about 12 13 years ago but it it, it means to basically buy and trade media in real time And so programmatic is, it's in its teenage years now, um, but it's basically when you go on the internet, uh, you get that ad that is in front of you. That's, that's programmatic. Now,
0: that's anywhere on social media or on web browsers, or is this in a specific So, yeah, no, that's
1: a great question. It's going to be anywhere on the open internet minus your social media pages. Because again, those social media pages are owned um, by that entity and then they can have their own placement of advertising. I see. So. And again, Facebook, adver- Facebook advertising, Google advertising, all the social media pages, we do that that heavily. Um, on right. the programmatic side, think of the rest of the internet. Okay. So you have the whole internet, and anywhere you go, we have the ability to serve an ad based on your behaviors. Got it. So what we want to do is tastefully craft strategies to make sure that we're going to put creative, whether it's a display ad, a video ad, an audio ad, that's going to go in front of that individual where they are surfing the internet because they are in market for
0: that product. Got it. And so are you working directly in the case of those programmatic ads? And again, for listeners who are just tuning in, those are the ads that I'm just learning are not on social. I should have been doing my homework when I was working at a social media marketing firm, but perhaps that was eight years ago, nine years ago. Maybe programmatic was a new definition. So I'll give myself some slack here, but it sounds like programmatic ads are the ads that are not on social media. They are the ads that, as you just said yourself more eloquently than I, Chris, the ads that are everywhere else online, all of those web pages you're online. If you see a video ad or you see a display ad, those are the programmatic mobile ads. applications mobile games apps Got absolutely okay. yes yeah, so so, but so yeah. are you working with those the the owners of those web pages or like how do, how do these ads show up are you negotiating deals with uh, you know, a random webpage.com or are you working through some sort of other platform that then allows those display ads? Is it like a oh, marketplace that's yes. outside of that negotiation directly with the owner of that webpage? Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah,
1: it does. Now, this is a great question. So we don't actively work with the owners of the webpage. Now, when a company would work with a, a webpage, they are looking to go and do direct advertising with them. So let's say like uh ESPN, if you wanted to go and take over the, like, if you log on to ESPN right. right now, that massive Gatorade ad that might pop up sure. at the top, you would go right to ESPN and cut that deal with them. Got it. Now with programmatic, it's not about cutting the deals with the website, but every website nowadays, most of them have web inventory. Okay. Now let's use a local TV entity here. I won't name a name, but one of the local TV entities, let's say that sales rep is going to go sell Gerald's Tires, for example, awesome local client here in Charleston. Um, They would go and basically say, hey, we've got ad inventory on our website. We would like to sell that for you. Now, Gerald's might go and cut that deal with them, um, and the TV entity would put that ad up there. Got it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, for us at least, um, not all of that ad space is going to be sold. So websites put programmatic inventory on that website so they can, in turn, make money on it. I got so it. So ads, and there's something called header bidding. So this all happens in, like, nanoseconds. But if you were in market for a product and we were going to serve an ad to you and mm-hmm. you really, really were that key person, we right. know that, like, Steve is in market for this. Right. And you're about to visit that ESPN page. Looking for it, some Blue Frost Gatorade. Yeah, let's say that. Blue Frost Gatorade. In, in, in nanoseconds, there's a bunch of different exchanges trying to bid for that ad. Right. And now the way that we would go and win that is based off of bidding. It's literally like, like the stock market. We sure. we would go and set a bid to win that ad inventory in real time. Got and it. it gets really competitive because there's, Hundreds of thousands of advertisers out there trying to win that one specific space right there But all all things come into play whether it's the behavior of the individual the location that you're trying to serve that individual in Because if you're on ESPN here in Charleston um, And then you go up to, you know, Asheville, North Carolina You're going to see different ads because of the geolocations. You also may see national ads that that website then in turn bought like the, the Gatorade ad right there. sure so yeah, that's, um, that's, Fascinating. yeah, that's, so, that's basically just to dig a little bit deeper sure, in, with the sites, sure. man, you know, um, with that header bidding and stuff, we go off of a model I'll say, about, I'll say about
0: 10 people have tuned out and then 100 people are like even closer to their radios than they've ever been in the last uh, two months. This stuff is great. This is fascinating. We'll, we'll see, It's man. very niche, Gosh. but we're going to zoom out in a minute, but 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 go on, please. Yeah, no. So you it, can it, bill me afterwards for uh, all the great information you're sharing. That's good.
1: Yeah, we'll have to sign an NDA. <laughs> Everybody listening. Um, no, we uh, we go off of a CPM model and it's called okay. cost per thousand and that's how we kind of uh, uh, basically put our, our, our budgets together. So we go in and each individual product we have and and there's hundreds of them now, Steve. I mean, anywhere from retargeting, which every single individual on here has been Retargeted by an ad you go visit a website. You don't buy that product. You leave that ad follows you that's retargeting got it Um, You have to place a bid within that, you know, and same Mm. there's geofencing as well So if there's a CFC basketball game I want to geofence our ads to or a client's ads to to everybody in there You're looking to set a bid to make sure that you can win that inventory So that's where programmatic really flexes its muscles. It's real-time bidding. You can layer data into it So if I'm trying to find Steve, he's an he's an athlete or he's athletic. He's looking for uh he's in market for some new sports drink and then boom i could take that gatorade ad if i was working with gatorade and serve that ad right to you
0: huh well that's that's a different steve than this one but (laughs) like point taken um fascinating stuff uh and and i want to i want to kind of put that on ice and come back to that because uh i think what y'all do is again very much at the cutting edge of a lot of this of what's happening in the marketing and advertising space I think we're super lucky here in Charleston to have y'all here and and I can sit here at the community, you know, centric radio station and chat with you about this openly and I know people are taking away, you know, value already. So I want to get back to this conversation, but let's zoom out for a second. Sure. Um and talk a little bit about why and we'll get we'll get to the very beginning in a minute, but let's zoom out just just one level and explain to me why cuz it's very obvious that you're passionate about data and data-backed decision making particularly in the marketing space. Um, why data? Would you consider yourself a data scientist? I mean, if so, are your team data scientists? Are there folks who are, who are crunching numbers in real time and using that to make decisions about what you'll do for your clients? And if so, why? I mean, why is data so important?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, I am not a data scientist. I could say self-proclaimed, but that's just because (laughs) of this industry, man. It's, uh, you know, the way that data was seven, eight years ago has completely changed to where it is now. And sure. it's this buzzword and it could freak people out. But data to me is as in advertising, you're able to get ads served to you that, that means something as opposed to just getting something that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Now, digital ignite does have a team of data scientists. We have a team, an ad operations team. And so cool. this is another differentiator between us and a lot of agencies. And again, we, this was my baby. Um, you know, when, when I got started with my business partner, Mike, he's the sales calculator guy was the tech nerd. Hmm. Um, and so I immersed myself in the programmatic technologies and since then we've, we've scaled our team and, uh, this is where our, our individuals are looking at that data. So we can take, whether it's sales data from the river dogs, one of our clients, um, any past purchaser of the last five years. And we can look at that data through our, our, our proprietary systems and start forecasting out media plans, what the creative should look like, and then start wow. segmenting ways to target individuals because the river dogs really don't want to target baseball fans because they know the baseball fans are going to come what we're looking to do is find the families find the tourists find the new Uh, uh, family members that have moved into charleston and so that allows us to take a look at that data and then from there start crafting individual campaigns to start testing it out there so um Yes, not a data scientist, but we do have data scientists on staff data to us is the new oil like we've been saying that for a few years now we get a lot of funny looks but I truly feel that way because you can use data for everything now and it's funny going back to your days in school you were using data to, you know, inform some of your projects now sure. we're using this to literally inform just awesome, awesome marketing campaigns from very local regional clients to some national, international clients now.
0: It's interesting, particularly the RiverDog story, never thought of it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan and, and, and understander and to a degree profit of data, I get it. We use data in every day, right? I mean, I wake up in the morning, I look outside, if it looks cold out, I'm putting on a couple extra jackets, right? I mean, that's, right. that's data and that's yes. making a decision based on data in a very, um, you know, kind of uh, primitive sense, basic sense. I got a question for you. I think you, you might be able to shine a little bit of light on this for me. Is there ever a time when creating a world whereby individuals only run into the things that their previous actions have indicated they might be interested in limits their human experience? So whereas I used to drive down a road and maybe see a billboard for something that nothing I've done in the past behaviorally would indicate I would be interested in, but just by happenstance, something cosmic fires a synapse in my brain or my heart. And I think to myself like, that's cool. I'm going to look more into that idea or that initiative or that belief. Do you miss out on that sort of experience? Is that okay? Because there's so many new experiences where you're connecting someone with something they're interested in that it, it, it weighs out that, that drawback of not being able to have that serendipitous connection anymore. So no, th- it, and this is actually, um, I think, you know, to, to
1: dive into that, there's, a. Uh, I think with anything technology technology wise right now, you know, there's going to be a certain way people look at how it's grasping attention spans and taking away from other things. Um, you know, I unfortunately think that that's just where we're going. Um, sure. you know, with the the invention of the metaverse coming, I mean, it's already here, yeah. but in the next five years, I mean, we're going to be literally in virtual reality suits or wearing glasses living in that. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's where we're nice. going to be completely taken away from what I'm looking out at these beautiful palm trees right here in Charleston. All right, all right. Now, when it, you know, talking about you driving down the street and, and seeing a new billboard. We we also have means of doing that. So let's take a a brand or a company that you know, whether either they're starting out or they're releasing a new product. Right. We would take and, and create a really really dynamic campaign based off of that product and, okay. and make a really cool creative swathe, whether it's display ads, audio, video, really awesome campaign, and then basically hit the open internet and try and find new users. Cool. So the same way that you're driving down the street, like we could still hit you with an ad that that may not even be based on your behaviors, Got it. but entertain you to that. And then this is where it gets really cool as if it is a brand new campaign and we don't layer any data behind it and we just start serving ads out there and, and see who resonates with it, our algorithms start learning as people engage mm-hmm. with it and it gets smarter over time. Interesting. So that's where this advertising, it just gets me so pumped up because working with algorithmic based marketing platforms and the human element yeah. of what we have in house, you, you've got to the slam dunk every time.
0: Damn, that's fascinating. Okay. That, that answers that question. I, I, that's that's cool that you, So it's not just about using data that exists. You're actually, your company is gathering new data based on experiments that you're doing oh, all, all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Every client, uh, even ourselves internally, we're trying to gather data to learn more about, again, what people like about us we're we're, we've grown so much in the last almost four years now that it is we're constantly evolving to try to figure out new ways to again market ourselves and with the covid pandemic you know it shifted the way that people consume media drastically we knew that that was coming at some point but 2020 just expedited all of that and Mm. so we took a little bit of a hit early on in covid but we rebounded insane because every brand and company switch to mobile switch to digital switch huh. to getting those messages across
0: interesting so chris here and if you're just tuning in this is uh, a founder and partner at low country headquarter digital ignite a digital agency uh, that makes data-driven decisions um, on behalf of their customers all around advertising and media and marketing um, we're learning some fascinating stuff here uh, as i mentioned we'll charge all uh, listeners <laughs> later for all of these uh, incredibly valuable tidbits just kidding, sort of, maybe. Um, Chris, you your company has uh, had the incredible privilege and fortune of being named one of the top, uh, st- is it startups or companies, by Inc. Magazine, I believe. I believe this was in August, maybe, this past yeah. August. Tell me a little bit about that award and, and what it means to you all. Yeah, it's it's awesome, man.
1: Um, we were named one of Inc. Magazine's um, top five five thousand fastest growing companies. Mm. We came in at number seven hundred and fifty six overall, which was insane. We were number ten in the state of South Carolina. In the whole state. And the third in Charleston. And we are the fastest growing marketing agency in the Carolinas, which between North Carolina and South Carolina we we saw that out there. And that's digital marketing. Um, you know, there are some other SEO companies and other really niche companies Mm -hmm. that focus on just that, that get a lot of money poured into it. But yeah, we um So you
0: segment for digital marketing. Digital Ignite is the fastest yeah. growing agency in the Carolinas. Crazy,
1: yeah. And wow, so, congrats. yeah, man. And and it, it all came off of the year 2020. And like I mentioned, um, you know, 2020 was a hell of a year for everybody. And it was, you know, fortunately a good year for us because of how people shifted their their mindset to to digital.
0: And yeah, unpack that for me. Drill down into what 2020 meant for Digital Ignite. How did things change up? I know that we've talked to a lot of folks here, as you just kind of alluded to, yeah. who were... Kind of thrown for a loop, right? And some found silver linings; others ran into brick walls. What was 2020 like for Digital Ignite and your customers?
1: Yeah, it was wild. So, you know, we um, and well, you don't know, but for the listeners to know, we are one of our verticals is is. resorts and travel. So we're very, very heavy into Mm. resorts and timeshares and cruise lines. And uh, we had been uh, knocking it out of the park in 2019. Uh, We work with a client called ARDA, which is the American Resort Development Association. Mm. They basically please set rules and have a a coalition of all of the major players in the resort space, Marriott, Hilton, Holiday Inn, Disney. Um, So we had started running some amazing campaigns with them and and it started getting some really, really great references from those campaigns. And then boom, March hit of 2020, all travel stopped. Yeah. So all of that, you know, immediately took a, a halt. So we had this like amazing 2019. And as soon as we hit 2020, these amazing projections and then the world stopped. And so we had to adjust like everybody else. We had a couple clients come off. Um, but for the most part, we were there helping educate brands and our clients about ways to help get their messages out so maybe somebody was using a traditional radio or a billboard at the time and we showed them ways to monetize that budget Hmm. digitally to get that word out maybe it's a a restaurant who had never done uber eats or doordash trying to get that word out there at that point you know it was the you know palmetto goodwill is another one of our our larger clients so helping them educate going into their stores and whatnot. So, um, we doing so safely. Yeah. yeah. And then a lot of it, man, during, you know, May, or April, May, June, um, you know, once that initial wave had hit, you'd started seeing clients really come back on. And, and that is how, you know, the world was starting to learn how to adjust to, to sure. COVID. And a lot of our campaigns were health campaigns, tar- like showing how our resorts or our clients were taking the necessary steps to make sure that their customers or, or individuals were, were feeling safe. So with that, you know, we also built a really, really awesome sales team over the last two years. And I give kudos to my, my business partner, Mike Samet. Like I mentioned, he's a, he's a calculator and a sales Wiz, and he built a sales team um, over the last couple of years, and just brought on some really dynamic individuals. And mm. uh, we landed a couple really, really big game changing excuse me game changing accounts uh, mid 2020 that really just helped set the trajectory. It was a large international uh, vacuum brand, mm. and so what they were doing right at the start of the pandemic and prior to it was they were doing long form TV ads. And if uh, the listeners aren't familiar with long form TV ads, those are those ads at like three in the morning when you stumbled home from the bar and you turned on the TV and there's the auric Excel bald guy for two right. hours, you know, that's long <laughs> sure. form. And, and again, okay. you know, th- this, this specific company and I won't name them, it's not auric, but um, they, uh, they were running ads at like three in the morning and six in the morning. And okay. we just happened to get a phone call with them. And we started talking about what their goals were and their goals were like, Hey, you know, everybody's obviously shifted their eyes to digital. We've never really done this before. What should we do? So we helped them take uh, their creative video and we're all goldfish, you know, so our attention spans are nothing. So what we did is we helped them cut it into a six second, a 15 second and 30 second spots. And so then from there, we, we introduced this brand that, you know, their goal was to take their main buyers were fifty plus, and what they wanted to do was take a twenty five plus crowd to be that next crowd for the next twenty five years to own these products. Got it. And so we took that like long
0: tail approach yeah, to look man. into the future. Yeah, and smart. absolutely.
1: And, and they 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 just frankly didn't have a younger demographic right. that they were approaching. So we took and people those are going to be
0: vacuuming presumably forever. Oh, and especially during the pandemic, man, you're Make at it home. sexy for the people.
1: Absolutely, and that's kind of what we did, man. We uh, we threw it on TikTok, we threw it on okay. Snapchat, Pinterest, all of the main social players, and then we did a really heavy program um you know, uh, buy behind it with OTT, which is over the top, which if you pull your cell phone out and you're watching any application or like an ESPN game, you get an ad that's over the top. Got and then it. we did connected TV, which again, if you have a smart TV and you've cut cable, all of those different applications, other than like your premium ones, like Netflix and whatnot, sure. you can go and buy that inventory. Interesting. So we took those ads from those long form TVs, put it into this digestible content and it immediately skyrocketed and solarize. Um, wow. That led to them pouring a large budget into, um, you know, DI. And from there, it led to some really good case studies to, again, grow that business. And huh. that allowed us to, to really hit um, above and beyond the goals that we expected for 2020. And it landed us on the, the Inc 5000 list. Dang. Well, congrats. Sounds like those ads did not
0: suck. Uh, Ah, Yeah, we actually helped that brand
1: have their best Black Friday ever, which was amazing in 2020.
0: So vacuum vacuum humor for you on this uh, chilly Monday. Listen, that's fascinating, Chris. Uh, If you can get, you know, a younger demographic excited about walking around their apartment with a piece of hundred year old technology, don't Wikipedia me on that. I don't know when vacuums were invented, but it's been decades and get them sharing that sort of stuff and watching that sort of stuff and digesting it and talking about it with their friends because you're putting up TikTok ads and stuff I didn't even know you could buy which sounds like ads on some of these like mid-tier streaming uh, platforms uh, on your smart TV then kudos to you dude that's, I learned I learned two
1: major things with that campaign uh one TikTok just blew up in 2020, you know, before that was all the crazy dancing kids, but (laughs) parents were stuck at home with their kids. And so they got heavily involved. And so we saw the age demographic from TikTok, like other than the main, you know, teenage users, the second largest group of TikTok users were 35 to 45. So right there, that's like, okay, let's start monetizing on that. And then we also found a bunch of niche groups of like these individuals that just loved watching. Like if there was a spill on the carpet, yeah. cleaning it up. So the, yep. there's those weird, like, yeah. so we found just yep. groups of these yeah. these entities on TikTok and whatnot, and
0: started serving ads to them. So yeah. it was, it was
1: a lot of fun, man. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's crazy. So, so folks who you've hit it big amongst many groups of individuals, presumably some of whom didn't think about buying this particular vacuum before now as a result of your strategic campaigns, Presumably have, um, but then you also activated a group of people who sit at home and watch other people vacuum up specific spills off of their com- carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nuts, <laughs> man. Yeah, data, There's, data, a, there's data, a community data. out there for everybody. There it is, sounds that's, like, that's, um,
1: you nailed that, man. That's the beautiful thing about social media. And I can't stress that enough to right. brands are just individuals like, mm-hmm. There's a community or, or a channel for you. Hmm. I mean, that's the the beautiful thing about, you know, social media, man. If you like fly fishing or you like rock climbing or you like, you know, anime or whatever that right. you, dude, there's there's something there for you. Right.
0: Dang. Um, or unboxing, name it, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, unboxing. Yeah, People like, would be into it. So let let's uh let's pivot a little bit to sure. here in the low country. So you're doing some really uh, cutting edge things with emerging technology. You're looking at data in a 24 seven way. You're acting on that data, and you're encouraging some of your, you know, top flight clients to do so. Um, what about smaller companies here, next door, right, right. in the low country? Right. What would you, is is there a play for them on something like TikTok, or does it just not make sense if the budget isn't there? What would you recommend they do? Um, on any budget, if they come to you and they say, we want to either work with you or we love what you had to say, what do you think about X, Y, and Z? What are some of your recommendations for some of those smaller prospective clients or those, those companies who, aren't as able to take big bets on some of these marketing strategies that, you know, work, but they're just kind of, you know, the the idea of parting with tens of thousands of dollars is a little bit scary to them. What do you, what do you say to them?
1: Yeah, man. And, and listen, we, that's who we cut our teeth on, you know, Hmm. uh, six, seven years ago, eight years ago for me, when I first started at, at new point digital, um, again, we were owned by the the radio stations and and each radio station, we were that redheaded stepchild that they would say, Oh, by the way, we have a digital company. And being able to kind of see, again, how those local entities were understanding digital. A lot of them had either started doing digital campaigns and were sold snake oil because a lot of this at the early onset, you had a lot of people in these traditional entities selling this, not knowing what they were selling, hmm. over-promising and under-delivering, sure. uh, no transparency, uh, no literally, and all of this, man, we have weekly reports with our clients. We have a 24-7 dashboard logged in, all because of how we grew with these these smaller clients sure. so um you know digital ignite when I mean, we still have many many clients that are grandfathered in with us that started out with us five, six, seven years ago. You know, the River Dogs Trident Technical College. Um, we had Gerald's Tires for a long time. Um, the Palmetto Goodwill is one of our amazing clients. We have Karis Connect here in the low country. That is a, an amazing shout out to Karen Thriller. Karis Connect is uh, an African-American app, mobile app where businesses can locate, um, you know, if you, you need to get your hair done or you want to go find and support an African-American owned business. So we really cover cover the gamut with local businesses. And and going back to your original question, budget and then uh, channel, I would say... It, it, it all starts with a deep customer needs analysis that's what, how sure. we start so we sit down with the client and we we try to see uh, my business partner Mike likes to say what, what keeps you up at night marketing wise you know and so instead of coming in with that madman approach of hey we're the biggest and the best this is what you should do <laughs> sure. Don Draper style we, we kind of come in and want to listen to what your needs are and it, it really varies um, or excuse me doesn't vary uh, based on the client because every client to me is their own story and whether that you have a $5,000 budget or you have a $500,000 budget mm-hmm. there's going to to be a way for us to, to work with you. Now sure. we do have minimums. Um, you know, I would not recommend spending less than 5,000 on our type of strategies. Okay. Now for a local business that's looking to try and get into this, that yeah. is where maybe a local radio TV station could come into play because they're going to offer maybe some base level stuff. But okay. I would never say stray away from or stray away from, you know, social channels. It's really about your demographic. So okay. let's say if it is like a, a client that's got a smaller budget, but they are looking to target a younger Demographic, I would say all day go to that. But sure. if you have a smaller budget and you're trying to target 50 plus, Facebook's probably the best hmm. play for you because you're able to get more value out of that, that amount of money, if, if that makes sure. sense. Because if you yeah. have a larger budget, you get more channels, you get more opportunity, you get more reach. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I would never want to like, you know, neglect any local clients. By any stretch of the imagination. Um, But, you know, again, we, we just know that there is a certain amount of money you need to put into this for it to work because we we just saw some of those, those really, really um, negative experiences that really helped us grow to where we are 100%.
0: Yeah. You can't build a, you know, a million dollar building for a thousand dollars, right? right? It's it's the same thing in the digital space. And, And though there will be a return on investment with your building, your big, beautiful building for your business to relocate to, um, if you can't make that initial investment up front then it may, it may not be the smart thing for you to do at that point in time but certainly if you're able to do it you can justify it then working with a company like yours the, the return on investment is is there and, and it's it's very obvious that you all know what you do or know what you're doing have a proven track record of doing it um why charleston right so i'm talking to yeah. digital ignite i've i've worked and lived in places like new york city and uh i grew up right outside new york city I lived in San Diego for a little while with my wife. And so, and I, and I know about, you know, other major metropolies across the the world, of course, And, and all of us kind of, when we think of, um, you know, super, uh, fast cutting edge marketing firms, digital agencies like digital ignite, we maybe don't first think of. Charleston, South Carolina. Right. right? So, so what? What gets you excited? Presumably, you are to some degree, either personally or professionally, about this place that yeah. we call home. Yeah, yeah. Why is it a good place for Digital Ignite? Mm-hmm. You you launched here, right? Yep. Yeah, so I'm you launched around. here in Charleston, South Carolina. You're still here. You're growing now. Presumably, you were looking outside Charleston for things like clients and partners mm-hmm. and 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 partnerships on events and that sort of thing. And I'd imagine one day, if you continue to grow like other companies your size, with the with your kind of vision, there may be satellite offices or, or the expansion of some sort outside of this geographic footprint, but why here, why now, and why did you launch in Charleston? I mean, I know it's a great place. I work with a bunch of companies who work here, live here, raise families here, so I've got my own reasoning, but everybody has their own, so I'd love to yeah. hear why Chris Clark and why Digital yeah. Ignite, why here in Charleston? Well, I know most of these people are local, but I was going to be like, have you ever been here? Have you ever <laughs> just gone outside right. and looked at Charleston? I'm right. think you. I'm know, not asking the question as this like yeah, beautiful as, sun yeah, is is like, shooting down amazing- us, palm trees.
1: Us, yeah. yeah, no, I um, I'm originally from Roanoke, Virginia. Um, I've been in Charleston almost 13 years now. Okay. I moved down here at 20, and I moved down here. I had I was at that age, like early on in, not early on, but during high school, I was one of those kids I was like I don't know what I want to do when I grow up but I was always into my mom was an advertising agency she's still oh, cool. in she actually works for us now which cool. is really cool but I grew <laughs> nice. up in a, a marketing background and I've always been into uh like skateboarding and, and all these types of sports that like just led into like this underground entrepreneurial world in yes. a way cool. um and so I was really really into skating and music and all of that and me and my best friend uh we had just finished up associate's degrees at this really small school in Virginia. And we were like, what do we do now? And we had heard about Charleston from, there was like the, uh, the arts, the art Academy that was here. And there was, you know, Trident's got a good film program and we were looking to get into video because video 10, 11 years ago, wasn't what it is now, but like it was at, it's like Mm -hmm. just blowing up. And so I'm also into fashion. And so me and my, my roommate, we visited here and literally, uh, visited, came down, saw band of horses, play a concert at the music hall uh got to hang out with them actually yeah. afterwards got to meet ben bridwell and creighton cool. Barrett, which is really rad a local band for yeah. those unfamiliar I, I, i'm sure
0: you're familiar with the band but from there they've emerged from the soils of charleston please check Banner out horses. band of
1: horses <laughs> they're so good um but i uh yeah we we just like fell in love with the city and just this imprint and uh cool. then we we're like oh man we could surf every day here too there so yeah we we just on a whim after the that that three days here we moved down a week later and i didn't even wow. look at the place i moved into it was on spring street across from the warehouse now when at this time there like you can't go past line street you know this was just like early like early for me but early 2000 like early 2010s um but uh i got into making t-shirts when i first got down here and me and my friend uh started a a t-shirt company called the urban warrior and it allowed us to uh Pay for school and classes, wow. and so I basically started taking some classes up at Trident based off of making this money, cool. and it just opened the door to so much. From coming from Roanoke, from a small town, if you've never been up there, it literally is like surrounded by mountains. It's gorgeous, uh, but it's a small town. And being a kid from there, you know, you want to get out, you yeah. want to go explore and try yep. something try something new sure. and it was going to be either New York or Charleston huh. and um, you know, New York is very expensive. Charleston's also expensive, but at that time, yes, <laughs> at that time um, it just, man, like visiting down here and going to the beach and, and walking around like, um, you know, uh, trad street and all that, sure. just, I was like, this place just it's gonna it's gonna be something for me yeah. so we we came down here the je ne quoi right oh There's man just this ineffable feeling and this, being this 20 knowing. moving to charleston literally is the greatest thing of all time sure. like i mean good lord i thought my neck was gonna break every day from going past the college of charleston uh the, just the beautiful women but also i i could feel something bubbling at the time with this this the city like you had benefit focus and you had black bod already um you know setting their their teeth into the ground at least on a um not digital, but just at least tech side of things. And, um, as I started growing up here in Charleston, I got a job with the South Carolina stingrays. So shout out to, to the stingrays here in town. And it allowed me to, I was director of game operations. So I basically did everything but the hockey on the ice. So it was like in charge of the game day interns in charge of putting the, the, the collateral together for the the media. So cool. I was basically doing this like underground guerrilla marketing on Instagram and Facebook and the internet before, Facebook and, and Instagram had this type of marketing to promote the hockey team, huh. promote my t-shirts and I a got into sports because I was, I always wanted to work in it. And then I quickly realized that it's long hours and low pay, which is no, not a problem. If you're very passionate about it, go for it. Right. But I was trying to grow a family. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time and, um, I just saw this opportunity at new point digital, um, open, and I jumped on board and I was the third person at new point digital. Um, and it was owned, like I mentioned, by Apex Broadcasting. And good thing about that was I kind of had the freedom to do what I wanted there because they they knew that digital was a commodity. They just didn't know like how to get into it. So I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole of programmatic. Um, we onboarded with a DSP, demand side platform out of the UK in London. They were trying to get their feet wet in America. So they came over here and we were their guinea pig. Hmm. I basically got an MBA by going down the rabbit hole with their, um, their ad tech operator, Anna Switz, who was one of the... Um, inaugural people over at spotify in sweden and some of the internal um tag stuff with google um this was about 15 plus years ago when when she was working there but she was their uh tech guru um in america based in la and so she kind of took me under her wing and i started taking all of those concepts mike um at the time came up from the radio station and we kind of just like looked at each other and we got paired together and we're like We're either gonna make this happen or we're gonna get fired yeah (laughs) and seven eight you know seven eight years later we are here now but you ask like why charleston it's it's the silicon silicon harbor that's what they call Mm -hmm. it now um it's just it's with it being named the number one city in the world so many years consistently i I actually almost moved out to la in 2013 but just um there was this thing just still sitting in my chest like stay here you know see this out and you know, we, we've done that and we, uh, you know, to the community, it's, it's amazing because we started with about five of us, um, over in Daniel Island. And now we're right here at Rutledge and Hughie with about 35 employees and growing. And to me, being able to contribute jobs to this community, being able to build something awesome that i'm passionate about in this city yeah i have to pinch myself every day because i'm in the coolest city in the world in my opinion um i get to do what i love every day and then i get to walk into um this this building that's down the street that's just like holy moly like (laughs) we've we've done something you know and i'm never the type to be like pat myself on the back oh my gosh i can't like that I, i have this like thing in my head that if i succumb to that, I feel like I will, I'll rest on my laurels. So I'm always just trying to grind, man. You know, and and that's why, you know, I wake up every day, I drive over the bridge from Mount Pleasant into downtown and I look around at the city, the water and all that.
0: I'm blessed, man. So cool. You mentioned a lot of things that I think like on paper seem like almost consequential or, or inconsequential or small or afterthoughts or unimportant or kind of like the, the things between the things that matter, but 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 a life in many ways, I think. Uh, I mean, if you'll indulge me, I, I'm not a philosopher, but is made up of really really rests squarely and importantly on those little moments that 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 find joy for you. So you mentioned, for example, being able to walk to a cool office that you walk into and, and are like kind of enamored by, right? And yeah. you're able to walk there, presumably in beautiful Charleston weather, right? You're able to wake up every morning and be in this this place that you have intentionally chosen to raise a family in, and it, and it just feels right to you. These things aren't necessarily on job descriptions, though I think that HR managers are getting smarter about mm-hmm. leading with, particularly as we move to Gen Z and millennials have found this important as well, uh, leading with where the job is, right? Because you work at a job, let's be honest, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, if you're super dedicated, hours per day as an employee at an organization or a company. And then what happens with those other 14, 15, 16 hours, right? You're, you're living in a space, presumably. We're not yet in the metaverse yeah. wearing uh, goggles on our heads. Um, but we're uh, apparently, plus, folks, if you're listening, we're moving in that direction. Plus, Chris Clark is yeah. here to tell you. Uh, but for now, we're still where we are, yeah. right? Um, So it's it's interesting to hear you uh, mention and and highlight and I think correctly really identify those little pieces that matter, right? Because we're building a life. We're not just building a career, just building a job. And that's coming from someone who works around businesses all day. And I'm in the business, so to speak, at my nonprofit of ensuring that these low country headquartered businesses succeed. But there's more to success, as we all know, and I think as you've kind of identified in a way than just, you know, the, the, that bottom line, uh, did, no, we, make you it, or did we not make it. it? No, I
1: think, and I think like you, that's a great advice to, to any business owner here in town. Like, I mean, utilize what we have. Like, I mean, sure. I think that there's, there is a lot of great talent in Charleston, depending on the vertical you're looking at, but you know, for us too, we're finding that we've, we've kind of got to go outside of the city to, to draw some talent in. And when you can learn mm-hmm. them here with Charleston, you can get some pretty, pretty great talent. Sure.
0: So you brought us up and we'll start wrapping up in a little bit. I really appreciate you being here, Chris. I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have as well. Um, you brought us up to at one point around 2012, 2013, I was thinking to myself, it seems like you're moving more intentionally into the world of, of, of like data. And I think I've read a little bit on your background about machine learning and, and artificial intelligence. And I know you've mentioned algorithms, um, Walk me through a little bit more about how AI and you you brought up the metaverse. Like what does the next 5 years look like for you in your space particularly through the lens of artificial intelligence? How is it going to change what you do and what your businesses need to be thinking about when they're thinking about marketing and advertising?
1: Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, for us, at least, it's going to be amazing in in a couple of things that, A, the technology, just the way that we're able to serve these advertisements, there's going to be way more opportunity and way more placement. I mean, you know, with OTT and streaming, that's going to be still Massive, massive, massive. As you have uh, entities or, or channels or organizations trying to develop their apps and get it out there. I mean, there's like literally an app for everything on smart TV now. Uh, I see that you know massively um, being a, a, a trend that's not going anywhere. Um, with AI, the machine learning of reporting and and you know being able to forecast quantitative uh, you know quantitative data and, and look at it. Mm. Um, I think that's going to be massive. We've already started um, doing that within our organiz- organization. Cool. When I started uh, digital reporting was mind numbing Excel sheets on um, that just were just oh my god I can like literally vi- like visualize it right now and we we've dedicated ourselves over the last five, six years to really revamp the way that reporting is. And now, and this is kudos to our ad operations team. They've, they've built out a, a custom dashboard through a couple different, um, products in a way it's proprietary, but our clients can log in 24 seven. They have a custom dashboard to them. That's showing them their goal. So cool. if they're looking to see sales, we can show them sales. If they're looking for, you know, what geographical areas we're hitting, they can see all of that. So, huh. um, you know, and with that, I think that the artificial intelligence is only going to be able to push that further. Sure. I also see artificial intelligence really helping with the predictive of our media forecasting. We're already utilizing some tools right now that, like I mentioned earlier, I could take that River Dogs data, put it into one of our systems, and start seeing forecasts of where people are streaming media, where they're living, and all of that. Uh-huh. I see that just becoming even more so of a um, a major player. And then you mentioned the metaverse, man. You know, we're very heavy. Into, we're getting heavy into uh, blockchain technology, crypto, Mm -hmm. NFTs, uh, DAOs. I see that space exploding sure. and I see digital ignite um, as we've been here in the low country and at least in the southeast in the country we're always trying to be a couple steps ahead of the competition and that's by going down rabbit holes like we are now sure. a couple years ahead of everybody you know for example cookies are going away in 2023 now Google said they were going away this year that may get pushed back um, to the normal individual that may not mean much you might just see that hey you have to accept terms on a website for cookies now right but for chocolate us, chip and, yeah, and all yeah, of them yeah dude yeah okay, <laughs> but, but for advertisers, this is where, and you know, listen up now, because this is where it's, a you know, cookies are going away, which it, you've, you've been on the Internet for the last 15 years. Those those cookies are collected and that's that's sure. telling that story about you. So with privacy, invaluable for. Marketers, yeah, exactly. So we're seeing privacy is another major player right now coming. Mm-hmm. And so we're uh, adapting to that. You know, there's iOS 14 that has come out with uh, Apple that has kind of um, really taken um, our transparency and some sales away like so five six years ago you could show username address and what they bought nowadays you can just show like a unique id and then then what they bought because of privacy so we're trying Mm. to stay on top of that as well um cool but with cookies going away uh first party data which first party data is any of the data that you have in your crm any of your sales data any of that that physical data that your company has collected that's your gold mine in the future because again you have already a group of individuals that have bought your product or shown interest in your product. Sure. There's tactics called lookalike modeling, which we do heavily that will take that data and start through our algorithms, finding new individuals based off of that. Got so it. first party data so audiences that look
0: like the audience you already have, but may in not order be expanded yeah, to it. They different. may
1: not be familiar with your product. Got so it. that, that right there, man, with, uh, with, um, cookies going away, that first party data is going to be a gold mine. And then just if you are a business owner or you're interested in it keep your eyes open for the metaverse now Mark Zuckerberg doesn't own that he just kind of set off an arms race when he made that announcement a few months back there are you know metaverse is just like there's crypto voxels there's the sandbox there's um, Roblox like Roblox you think of a kids game <laughs> sure that's a metaverse Interesting. So, the, it, like well um, and
0: remember like Second Life like 10 yeah, years ago dude. I mean that was almost it seems like almost a predecessor to all of this it,
1: it's it's nuts man And the way that it's going is just like if you have an oculus like if you have ever used an oculus you put it on, you're immersed into this world, it, it's going that way. And for this us... This is an
0: Oculus Rift, the kind of goggles that yeah, I Facebook, think Facebook yep. owns, Facebook right? Owns you put on bottom. your head and it's not just for video games anymore. Dude, it it's insane.
1: Like. You can literally like I, I have one, and you could uh, you're on the, the space station and you can literally walk around wow. and look at, at how this is like educational. You can, yeah, you can actually sit courtside at basketball games now. Wow. And so that's kind of where all of this is going as concerts, a, and... dude. Yes, there's pandemics happening. People have you know much rather want to Netflix and chill than go mm-hmm. out to a bar. Sure. So being able to put these goggles on and immerse yourself and entertain, be on the lookout for all of that in the next five yeah. years. I think NFTs are going to explode. A lot of people think think NFTs are just pictures of of little animals. The value behind NFTs hmm. are where I'm excited about. Think of like you know Steve, you're into music. Your NFT is going to be your 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 ticket stub of the past that you save. And maybe like a band in the future huh. that sells these NFTs. You get access to the show, maybe you get the album, you get some merch, maybe you get a shout out on cameo. So there's all of this amazing stuff that's just kind of that's why I'm stoked about this whole space. And I think you right. know we are a digital marketing company but we are digital. That sure. is that is a loaded word and there's so much that goes to it. So we want to apply as much as possible to that. Like, uh,
0: it's fascinating. And, and I could be wrong, right? I'm not, um, you know, I, I'm probably not equipped uh, based on my resume to make these sorts of forecasts, but it occurs to me for what it's worth that these sorts of opportunities to live in some sort of digisphere, whatever it may look like in the future, will presumably live alongside the the experience of life as we know it now. So it, it opens up opportunities for businesses, clients of yours to engage in those worlds because their audience members are in those worlds to a degree, right? We're not in the next five to 10 years moving from flesh bodies into like brains and jars right. and experiencing nothing but the metaverse, right? Uh, brought to you by Mark Zuckerberg, as you kind of mentioned in so many words, but it will be there. So it behooves us to prepare to advertise what we do in that space now or at least think about what our strategy might be. Well think
1: of who you're targeting, you know, as advertisers and think of who are the kids right now. I mean in five to ten years that's who you're trying to sell your products to and and they're already way ahead of us you know right. these kids are living in this nowadays right. and so right. yeah it's kind of it's kind of scary to see what you know 10 years will be but I, I i agree with you you know there's going to be um you're gonna have two lads you're gonna have your avatar mm-hmm. and you're gonna be able to create what it's like matrix neo mm-hmm. you're gonna be able to create this right. like entity of who right. you are and live in this space and that's who you are and then you take that suit or goggles off and you right. become steve right. fletcher again you right. know and that's that's and maybe we already are the yeah, avatar. You, maybe we're in a simulation already you can get, get a elon in here he's about to put chips <laughs> in your head next year with smart link so i i yeah dude it's it's wild where we're going with it but to your point of the metaverse um and what's exciting about us is there's going to be advertising in it and for for individuals listening like right now like i have an xbox and i play like nba 2k mm-hmm. and the reason i'm bringing this up is they have this like world metaverse wise that you can go into and you can buy nikes mm-hmm. you can buy songs you can buy t-shirts yeah. all of that is a Fourier into what you're going to be able to do like you're going to be able to go so and buy 2k this was like 20 years ago no so this is nba 2k 22 sorry got so yeah it. yeah okay, it's like 2k it, is it, the, 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 the franchise but got it's 2k 22 it. and it. they've got this just world that you can literally like you create your player and right. then you go and it's not just basketball you go in there and you live in this world Incredible. you can literally put headphones on and listen to music but wow. that's yeah that's where it's that's where i see it coming you know you can buy skins for Fortnite characters that's how that's how this will be for for just day in life it's you're crazy. gonna go and want to buy your avatar, a new pair of Nike Jordans or Air Jordans, you know, and it's going to cost you probably the same amount of money as it costs you in real life to buy freaking
0: Air Jordans, but people are going to do it. Yeah, (laughs) that's wild. That is insane. Um, It's cool, though. I mean, it it affords people, I think, a lot of opportunities to get in front of audiences they couldn't in the past for one reason or another. And it also future proofs what we're doing here as a society, right? I think a lot of our society, economically, socially and otherwise, hinges on our ability to interface with one another kind of like in the flesh in real time and when we're strapped with something like a global pandemic of unprecedented nature and scope it becomes tough to do those things mm. safely right reliably and sustainably and so it's nice to have these other emerging technologies yeah. as platforms for us all to converge and commune and, and commercially you know invest in one another um i am very much in the world of Um, uh, business as constrained by geography, right? So I I advocate for Empower. We launch campaigns on behalf of local independent businesses like Digital Ignite. Mm But also, like uh, you know, a, a shoe store on King Street, right? Um, there is no shortage of businesses that we advocate for, but it is all because they are headquartered here, right? right. They help raise the local tax base. They, uh, you know, patronizing them over an Amazon, for example, uh, company out of an- another country. Um, is an intentional investment in your neighbor and your neighbors trying to raise their own children and and create their own meaningful life. And it requires their business to be succeeding if they're an entrepreneur. So we we look at local entrepreneurship as a tool and a pathway to success generationally, et cetera. Um, But it is interesting to hear about these sorts of digital platforms like the metaverse or like NBA 2K22, um, where people from all around the globe can come together and engage in commerce of a different sort what would you tell a local business here to do like today in order to safeguard not safeguard Mm -hmm. but kind of future proof them to a degree given all these things we've been talking about the world is changing yeah. so rapidly what 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 should they do right now you talked about things like walled gardens like right. maybe the first step is owning the data they think they own but maybe don't really own like how how does someone who's running uh you know a seafood market here in town doesn't really have time to think about these things deeply but knows she or he wants to do like x y and z before the end of the day is there something they can do right now to make sure they don't get you know taken for a ride in terms of uh, the audience they think they own today as these worlds and these digital ecosystems continue to change rapidly.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say, you know, first and foremost, if you're any company and you have a, a large swath of data, like in your CRM, um, go and see if there is an entity like digital ignite or another, you know, data auditing company that can take a look at it for the, for the most part, you know, most companies have a CRM and they're going to have all of that information in there. And it's probably just sitting in there for years to either like do an email blast with, or to have a sales rep follow back up to resell something. Um, To be able to utilize that data is, is a gold mine. And again, there's, this goes back to the budgetary restrictions. Like, you know, Facebook, you can do the same thing. And when I say walled gardens with like social media, Facebook still has like similar, ways that you would do like programmatic outside of Facebook. It's just because it's Facebook, it's owned by Facebook. Got it. So you can still do lookalike audiences within Facebook. Um, so I would, I would say, you know, a, if your company take a look at what your data is. Is it organized correctly? And what are you doing about that data? Are you re-engaging with those individuals? Are you following up with them? Or is it just sitting in a CRM to just sit there? Um, second would be like a hoarder, a digital hoarder. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's so many, I've been that at times this week. I've really even done stuff like that. Sometimes you feel like if you have it, great. I can always do something with it. But what you're saying just, it makes sense. It's like, it's time to act on all of that data we've stored.
1: Absolutely. It it, it, now is, especially with cookies going away. And then I would say, you know, um, most companies are not going to get pushed and left behind uh, you know just yet i'd say maybe in five years if you're not caught up onto this you're going to be a little underwater so i would say educate yourself you know um, start looking at like I'm, I'm sure a lot of individuals we're talking about now are, are are new to programmatic programmatic's been around for 13 14 years like i would just understand how you are able to go out and, and promote your business there's much more individual ways or niche ways of targeting a prospect as opposed to just slapping a billboard or a radio Mm -hmm. ad up there and hoping it resonates. So think smarter, not harder with your advertising and then definitely do your own research on on the metaverse, do your own research on NFTs. But um, I would say right now for any local smaller business owner, take a look at just the the Facebooks, Instagrams, the TikToks, the Pinterest, look at their rules, look at how it works. Make sure your brand is established on those. If you're looking to, um, you know, grow it. And then from there uh, you're going to be able to start unlocking some doors by looking at how your data is, uh, you know, being reacted to.
0: Amazing. Well, Chris, uh, I mean, I could talk to you for hours. I feel like uh, I've already learned more in this hour than I've maybe learned all of last month. Thank you for that. Um, a lot of last month was spent, you know, Eating and drinking with my family, yeah, so uh, that's uh, maybe not a perfect comparison, but you get the idea, folks. I'm sure uh, those of you who are listening agree this has been an incredibly awesome 60 minutes with a true, um, you know, dynamic local business leader who is doing stuff here um, that, that very few other folks are. I'm um, certainly we have digital agencies here in Charleston, but uh, they're all a little bit different, and uh, some of what sets Digital Ignite and Chris Clark and his team apart are the way that they so granularly, so intentionally take data and use that to drive real positive impact for their clients. Um, it's incredible. I can't say I've had a conversation on Small Talks Big Ideas with anyone who has mentioned things like uh, NFTs, the metaverse, cryptocurrency, all <laughs> in the same conversation. So thank you for enlightening me there and uh, again just for those of you listening in this has been Chris Clark uh, partner and founder of digital agency digital ignite before we go Chris I just want to ask you because we are wrapping up here in the last minute is there anything that that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention um, or or bring up for uh, our listenership
1: yeah I would just say um, you know if any of this is interesting for you all please find us at digital-ignite.com that's digital-ignite.com you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram Um, there you can and see some of our culture, um, some tidbits on the industry, and just follow us uh, at large. But please, you know, reach out if you, you want to learn more. We've got an amazing team. And, you know, just give a shout out to uh, my two business partners, Mike Samet and Ed Seeger. You know, I'm um, thankful for both of them. And uh, we're excited for 2022. But thanks for having me, Steve. I'm very uh, thankful.
0: Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, and if uh, anyone wants to learn more about them, definitely check out that website. And do know that Digital Ignite, like another, uh, like another, like a few other organizations and companies in town, are a huge supporter of the Good Business Summit, which is something uh, my nonprofit Absolutely. puts on every year. So we're looking forward to a fantastic Good Business Summit at the end of next February. Be sure to check out more information about that event. It is a great way to stay apprised of some of the uh, best practices as it pertains to pairing profit with purpose intentionally. Um, so we're, we're fortunate to have that going on every year. and We're fortunate to live in a community like uh, like Charleston, where the business ecosystem includes awesome, awesome companies like Digital Ignite. All right, this has been Steve Fletcher with another episode of Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on OM 96.3 FM, Charleston's community radio station. And uh, please do check more out about Low Country Local First at LowCountryLocalFirst.org. Thank you all so much.